You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. Well, John's already mentioned I'm talking about uh, unity and the word united there. Now, in the football context, I have a lump in my throat because United reminds me of Manchester United, who um, my own team, Arsenal, do not have a good reputation with. So... um, We're not talking about football today, Uh, you'll be pleased to know. I don't want to talk about football at the moment anyway, and those of you who will know why. (laughs) Um, But united means that we are in unity, okay? Um, And it's something that we all need to address. The Bible commands it. Okay, 1 Peter 3 verse 8 says, Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Okay, there's another scripture. 2 Corinthians 13 11 says, Finally, brothers, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind and live in peace. And I could have chosen a lot more scriptures to emphasize the point that the Bible makes it clear that we are to be united. We are to be in unity. John said he's talking about prayer this week. I didn't know that. But I think any starting point with this particular subject is prayer. And Jesus is our example, isn't he? And he prayed that they all may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So there was unity between Jesus and the Father. And he prayed that in John 17. Matthew 18, 19, again, I tell you, if two of you agree about anything you ask for, it will be done. Now, Your own prayer life is important to you, okay? Because it's relationship building with the Lord himself. There's no substitute for that, okay? There are times when we need to spend time with God alone. I try and do it every day because it's so important, all right? But here, we're talking about two, a couple of people getting together to pray and agreeing on something, And you'll notice there that it says, if you ask, it will be done. That's quite quite plain, isn't it? So there is power when people get together to pray. It is good when people get together to pray. Not as a substitute for your own prayer life, but it's important to agree on things together so that we can move on and see God answer prayer. Amen? Okay. So there's the importance of prayer. I want to look first at the practical. There's a story in Exodus 17. I'll read you this verse and then I'll talk a little bit about it. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. The reason was, and the background to this story is, that the Israelites were fighting the Amalekites. So they were in battle. And there was Moses 
high up, looking out over the battle that was going on. While these hands were in the air, and I think probably an act of worship and honouring to God, the battle was being won. That's great. But there came a point where Moses started to get tired, physically tired. So we have this verse of scripture which talks about Aaron and her helping him out. And then as soon as they did that, the battle, uh, Moses' hands were com- continued to be raised and of course the battle was won. What do we glean from this? You cannot go it alone, friends. Shall I repeat that? You cannot go it alone. There are times in our lives, boy, don't I know it recently, where you need people supporting you, praying for you, upholding you. Now, because people are doing that, I will win the battle, won't I? I believe that. I may not be quite there, but I will get there. We all need each other, friends. As I look around, uh, I know quite a few of you, but there are a lot of different personalities here. We'll talk a bit more about that because sometimes that causes problems. But we are many different people. But I can look at every single person and say, we all need each other. I need you, you need me. Purpose. There's another story in Judges 20, 11, where the scripture clearly says, all the men of Israel got together and united as one man against the city. There was a, a, a row going on with the Benjamites. All the children of Israel um, had been badly grieved. We won't go into the details why, but the scripture makes a point here that all of the men of Israel got together and united as one man. One man against the city. There are times when we have to rise up as a body, as a church, and as one person and say, no, this isn't happening, or this is happening. We're we're living in some very interesting times politically, and I'll mention that again later on. But, you know, I think when you look at purpose, something is saying here that if we're all on the same hymn sheet, if we're all heading the same way, we're going to see success. Okay? Powerful. They were all in one accord in one place when the Holy Spirit came down. Acts chapter 2. Day of Pentecost came. They were all together. They were all in one place. I suspect they were praying. They were waiting for the promise. The result was powerful. Was it not? The birth of the church. Thousands of people getting saved. People sharing needs with each other. People breaking bread together, spending time together. All of this is mentioned in Acts and it was because of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was needed. Jesus had gone and his representative came and that the representative of the Holy Spirit came and empowered the people as one to move as one 
and the birth of the church happened and great things took place. If you ever want to, if you're feeling down, just read the book of Acts. There's some tremendous stories in there about what God is doing through his church. I've also added here Psalm 133, verse 1, which says how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity, for there the Lord commands. That is a very strong word, but he commands the blessing. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be... uh, You've been looking at Jabez, I know, the prayer of Jabez, bless me, Lord. And um, it's, it's interesting, actually. I, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I feel I should share this. I, I was talking to David about this, Dave Barnett, and years ago, a lady in the church um, who's now with the Lord gave me this scripture, gave me the prayer of Jabez. Now, I, I knew my Bible reasonably well, even back then, and I'd never come across this prayer, which is in the middle of chronological, um, it's in 1 Chronicles 4, and, and it just you just suddenly hear about Jabez. Um, anyway, I, I said to her, I went back to her, and I said, I don't understand. don't understand why you've given me this scripture. Um, I, I mean, I had respect for her because I knew that she was a woman of God. And um, I said, well, I don't understand it. I, I don't get it. And, and I thought she was going to sit down and explain it to me. And all she said to me was, one day you will understand it. When God wants you to understand it, you will understand it. Sitting around Dave's, he's got this book. He tells me, you've been looking at the prayer of Jabez. Suddenly I think, ooh, a light goes on. I thought, I remember that word I got. So I've read the book. I want the blessing. Okay? Those of you who know about the prayer will know what I'm saying. But here it says how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. For there the Lord commands the blessing. What a powerful scripture that is. So, I've put there you have to work at it. We're all different. We all function differently. We've all different personalities. You have to work at it. Now, I am not standing here this morning saying we've got major problems in the church with divisions, disunity, whatever. That is not what I am saying. However, what I am saying is we need to guard against complacency. Ephesians 4.3 Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So it makes it very clear there that effort is involved. It takes effort on your part, it takes effort on my part. I sometimes think, well, if everyone was like me, Lord, it'd be marvellous. And then I think about it and I think, well, actually, no, it wouldn't, because I think I'd be arguing with myself probably. (laughs) 2 Timothy 2.14 Keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarrelling about words. It is of no value. A lot of arguments 
a lot of disagreements are over the most silly, stupid things. I have a blazing row with my wife. 24 hours later, you say to me, well, what did you argue? Well, I can't remember, really. We, we get caught up in silly things, don't we? 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10 says, I appeal to you that you all agree with one another so that there is no divisions among you. Now, I thought about this. Certainly, we do not want any divisions amongst us. But do we all agree with each other? I think not. I think it's quite difficult to agree with somebody else sometimes because you have a different viewpoint to the one that I have. So, have you heard the phrase agree to disagree? I think that sometimes we have to trust our leaders. You might not necessarily agree with something that's been put into place, something that's been said, something that's been said from here. You might not necessarily agree. You might have a different viewpoint. But when we pray and when we act practically and when we go on the journey with purpose and we come to a point where we say, okay, I don't quite see it your way, but I'll agree to disagree, then we can all move forward. There needs to be within us a, a sense of purpose and unity that we are moving forward together. Whichever way we go about it, whichever methods we employ, we need to be fully behind it. Even though maybe we can't quite see it the way that we would like to see it. Am I coming across correct? Do you understand the way I'm coming over? Does it make sense? Okay. I, I've decided to split this sermon in two. So you're not going to see any more up there. But what I am going to do is share some things with you um, that I believe God wants me to share. And uh, we'll see where we go. Ephesians 4, verse 26 says this. In your anger, do not sin. Interesting. It indicates that at some point we're all going to get angry. Okay? So, you know, don't beat yourself up because you get angry sometimes. But it encourages you, when you are angry, not to sin. And then it goes on to give you a bit of advice. It says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. In other words, don't loiter on it. Don't think about it for too long. Deal with it. Then it goes on to say, and do not give the devil a foothold. I read something really interesting about the foothold issue. You're being chased. You want to hide, don't you? Someone's chasing you. If you're feeling under pressure, 
um, you, you want to get away from it. So you hurry to a place of seclusion. So you hurry up to a room and you go to shut the door and somebody puts their foot in the door. Just a little stopping of the door being shut. I thought that was an excellent way of looking at giving the devil a foothold. You allow the foot to go there, whatever it may be, you allow an entrance point for the devil to come in and manipulate. And believe you me, he does manipulate. I think it was um, David Petz who was talking about the fact that the enemy is not an out-and-out liar. He takes a slither of truth and he embellishes it. He does. He makes you think, well, there is an element of truth here, so, you know, I'm okay. And then we start, things start festering then. I want to talk to you a little bit about myself here as an illustration. I've been coming to this church, by golly, um, I first met Bob in 86, so it would have been soon after that I came and ministered at the church when it was in Castor Road. So I've been coming to this church for a long time. Now, one or two of you I have known for that whole length of time, okay? Let me tell you that since you've known me from the beginning, my ministry has changed. Would you agree with that, David? Because you've known all that time. My ministry has developed. I remember John... I didn't know John at all. And um, I was told that John Pitts was coming to this church. Marvellous. Um, son of David. And, um, yes. <laughs> and um, John came and spoke to me. I don't know if he remembers it. And he said, you know, the thing I remember about you is you standing up in a tent talking about masks. It's correct, isn't it? John was 16. Now, please, that's making me feel a bit awful. <laughs> Okay, um, but I remember talking uh, in the tent that I reminded me of, of the fact that uh, there's this mime sketch that I used to do um, about the fact that we all wear masks at different times. And um, I, I do remember how the mime goes, but I'll just give you a very brief... So you would get somebody like that, then you'd get someone... And as the mind progresses, so that there's many different faces, and then the face gets stuck on one, and the punchline is that we all wear masks. Man looks on the outside. However, God looks on the inside. And then you hit them with the punchline, what are you like on the inside? And then, of course, you go into either a gospel-orientated message or whatever. But I, friends, here's a confession for you. I was extremely good at wearing masks. Very, very good. Now, part of that possibly is because of my background in amateur dramatics. Um, I had the ability to act in certain circumstances. And sometimes even... To stand up at the front, oh, some of you are not, you're going to struggle with this, 
but even sometimes to stand at the front, which I was more than capable of doing, and preaching what, what was probably a very good sermon, okay? I was quite able to do that. But the interesting thing is there was a frustration within me. And that spilled over to listening to other people preaching. Because I got fed up with listening to sermons for sermon's sake. Um, and I, I just thought, where is the reality of living when I go out on a Monday in my own life? Where is the reality in that? I thought, surely we should be preaching a message that is relevant for people to live by during the week. And when we come together on a Sunday, we are here to encourage one another, yes, but we are here primarily to worship God and then listen to his word that we might go out the following week and live it out. Well, I'm sitting there thinking these things and God's saying to me, what about you, Goodyear? And I'm saying, well, hang on a minute, Lord. Because this is how I, you know, I'm, well, you know, I, I've preached for you. I've, I've done this. I, I was in a church in Canada, spoke to 4,000 people. That's true. I'm not, not making these things up. And God comes back to me and says, what about reality, Mark? Okay. And I'm thinking, well, why don't you start being real? Why don't you start not wearing the masks when it suits you and start preaching the word of God and what I want to say to the people, which you've already grasped, but you need to tell them. Now, I'm not in a place of don't think I am, but I'm trying to get a point to you, across to you about reality. How do problems occur? Let me tell you, misunderstandings. You can misunderstand things. You can misunderstand someone. Look at my face. I know it's hard, sorry. But I stayed for eight months when I moved down here with David and Karen. So they know what I'm going to say now. I could look as miserable as anything because I have a face that thinks, if that makes any sense. So if there's things going on in my head, I'm thinking. So if I'm thinking, I have sometimes a quite intense look. Okay? It makes sense. Is that true, Mr. Barnett? It is true. So sometimes I think, oh, is Mark all right? Crumbs. He's looking so miserable. Misunderstanding the way I was looking. Now, on my part, there might be a lack of communication. How many problems occur because of a lack of communication? Loads of marriages break down because there is no communication taking place or any communication that is taking place is misunderstood. Sometimes as well, I have an issue with, the, with my voice. I come from Essex, as you know, and I, I've always had a large voice. It can come across wrongly sometimes. It can come across as being quite aggressive. 
I don't mean to come across aggressive. Uh, some of you are smiling because you probably, I've probably been aggressive with you. I don't know. But I can come across in an aggressive manner. So people can go away from a meeting and think, Mark looked really miserable this morning. And when he spoke to me, he was so aggressive. And I don't know if I want to deal with him now. So... Now, I've exaggerated it somewhat, but that's how things can start, friends. Misunderstandings, miscommuni- bad communication or none to avoid picking up the wrong idea. I'm going to close with what I'm going to say now. Mr. Black, Paul, the man is a pastor. Okay, that's not a revelation for any of you. I'm telling you, this man is a pastor. He has a pastor's heart. Now, that means that Paul cares about every single one of you in a passionate way. He does. Now, I'm not saying he's perfect, but that's his inclination would be to care for one and all. And if someone is upset, He would be upset himself and he would try and go and deal with it, correct? Yeah. Here's a revelation for you, friends. I am not a pastor. Now, that doesn't mean, before I carry on, that does not mean I don't care, okay? But what it does mean is I do not have within me the gifting that Paul has. So if somebody who I'm not that close to, in inverted commas. And let me say something here. You cannot be close to everyone. It is not possible. You can get on with people. And and what I find is, I, if any of you know anything about me, I like to explore the possibility of a warm living relationship with someone and I will do that and with some of you I've done that and some of you are on a journey with me and that some are further along the journey than others but some of you will not be in that place with me and and it's not possible to have a close warm relationship with everyone friends so if somebody who is not in that circle of my friends and I remember I'm not a pastor okay and they upset me what do I do I go home and I think oh it's only so and so well you know I'm just being honest friends what happens if this man upsets me I'm indicating John here what happens then is it's more likely, I think, he didn't mean it. There's a misunderstanding. He hasn't communicated properly to me. It's not a problem. I'll move on. So I don't say anything. And then maybe two, three weeks later, something similar happens again. And then I think, oh, it's John, it's, it's okay. And then after, I'm using John as an illustration here. But if after five or six times, what's going on? He's totally a oblivious to this he doesn't know but what's going on in my heart is I'm thinking listen there's something going on here me and John we're we're not cutting it now I I am gonna have to
deal with this because it's starting to eat me up. And if I don't do something about it, friends, right, it will begin to destroy me and cause disunity. <coughs> is, is what I'm saying making sense? So it's so easy to let the foothold that we're talking about and then the devil comes in and starts playing with, this is where the battleground is, friends, in the mind. He starts to manipulate your mind into thinking things. And, and well, John and I were never really that close. So, you know, don't bother about it. And then what happens, six months down the line, there's a big thing and bang, we have a massive row. This, friends, it's not going to happen, okay? Please do not. This is not a prophetic message. I am trying to illustrate to you that somebody who is close to me has more potential to hurt me. Okay? So, message to all of us, none of us, whatever our giftings are, are immune to being manipulated into thinking that we are in the right all the time? None of us are. I get it wrong. I can be quite dismissive sometimes. I'm trying to deal with that, but I can be. That's why I know I'm not a pastor. Someone upsets me, I think, oh, well, move on, Mark. But Paul doesn't do that. But if someone close to me, and you don't need to know this, but... My history is such that people who have been close to me have hurt me. And the recovery time, friends, is enormous sometimes. Now, I praise God and I thank God that I have recovered. And I'm in the place I'm in today. And, and one of the things, and I really do humbly say this, is that people say to me, Mark, I really get what you're coming from because you talk the real life. I've just given you reasons why I went on a journey to get where I am today. The person who preached in this church 30 years ago, however long it is, is not the person that's standing here this morning. Now, I know we're all growing spiritually, we're all developing, but I'm telling you that I now want to bring reality to people's lives through this word, this anointed word that we can all understand. But what I'm saying to you this morning is, be careful with misunderstandings. Don't not communicate, because often you will find out by communicating that you've totally misunderstood. Do not look at someone's face and think, my goodness, he's miserable, because he may not be miserable. People who know me will tell you that if I'm quiet for a long period of time, there's usually something going on. Now, that's me bearing my heart before you. So if I'm... I sometimes enjoy quietness, but if there's a length of period of time when I'm quiet, anyone in here who knows me will say, there's something not right with Mark. So I'm going to ask him, which is good. I might not think it's good at the time. I might, you know, but it's good. Okay? So... I don't know why I shared all that. We are halfway through my message, which we will pick up next time I speak, which is in December, and I will pick up and talk about the practical areas. 
that we need to work at unity, okay? But I think you've had enough information this morning, and I think I've given you enough to think about. So my, my leaving thought with you is, do not give the devil a foothold, friends, and do not think any of you are immune to doing it, because I'm not immune, and none of you are immune. It's very easy to give the devil a foothold and leave that door ajar. Let's shut the door, let's communicate, let's agree to disagree, and let's move forward purposefully and see God bless us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit brixham.church.